Emily Betricards has been playing Felicity on Arrow. It started as a day part, which then morphed into a recurring role, and seven seasons later, she is one of the series' leads. In this interview, we make a comparison of what it's like to be a good actor on a television show and a good actor in the theater. This is Chaotic Creative with Emily Betricards. You were talking about schooling. And sure. you went to Vancouver Film School. <laughs> I did. But you're still going to school, even though you are a lead on a series. Well, I go and I, I train, and then my acting coach is going to be like, you haven't been in a year. I'll be like, I know, but I've tried. Yeah. Um, we just run out of time. That's yeah. all it is, mostly because our days run from, you know, 12 to 14 hours, and you miss class if you're in working that much. But, um, yeah, I go to class. Yeah, class is the best part really? of acting. Yeah. Why rehearsal, do you love class? Rehearsal is the best part of Acting. <laughs> See, as a director, I like rehearsal. Mm -hmm. uh, as an actor, uh, I cannot stand classes. Really? Yeah, oh, tell no. me why you like classes because maybe that will change my mind. Because to me, I feel like, because uh, I went to theater school, I went to UBC. Very cool. And um, my strength is directing and producing. But when I go to an acting class and I sit in now and I'm always like auditing to be like, oh, should I take a class? Mm -hmm. I just, I cannot stand sometimes i find the teacher talks too much right or the the students just don't take it seriously or they don't know their craft yet mm -hmm. so it's kind of painful painful to sit through but what are your thoughts on that i mean i think you need to find someone who leads in a class in the way that you think so if you find you need to find like a mentor that you really really enjoy and gravitate towards you know someone you can speak in colors with and shapes as opposed to like words you know somebody that you can really connect with mm. especially in an artistic you know standpoint you want somebody to lead you through things you want them to, um help break your natural pattern of thinking so that you can maybe evolve or like grow in that way. And maybe you can already do that by yourself. Maybe that's something you do all the time. But I find it really helpful to sort of step out of the structure of, you know, the, the job that I normally work on and just dive into something that's completely different, you know, bare bones or, or you know, just a different environment really helps and different people. And I like class because everyone's there for sort of the same thing. Everyone's there to learn. and. You've hopefully read all the material that everyone else is doing, so you can have different takes, and you can not like some things, you know. But I don't know; it's very um, you get to change through it. I think. Do people treat you differently because you have a recurring role on a um, series, and I, they're like, I "Oh, I don't hey. know. I don't know if people treat me differently." Um, I mean, I'm, I'm still in my hometown, so I don't really ever feel different. Like I biked here. Like I, right. I'm. I had an email from my team being like, "Is Yaletown too far?" I was like, "Nowhere is too far in Vancouver. Like you've never been here before." <laughs> <laughs> because in LA, it's like, oh, you know, you got to go, you know, 45 minutes in the other right. direction from where you were this morning. And our rehearsal space right now from the play I'm working on is like a 10-minute bike ride down there. Like this is yeah. so close. Like this feels like home. I didn't even know this was up here. Your graffiti in the front, yeah. your Banksy-inspired. Yeah. Awesome. So when you got on Arrow, mm. you got there, you did one day. Yeah, it was like six years ago. And Almost seven. That's crazy that you went in there and did you know that they were like this character might live on longer or oh, no. what did you know it was magic like what is that like when you go in there and you're just like I'm just doing this this like I'm a day player and it spins into what it is now but then what were your thoughts um well then I was just feeling so fortunate to have a day of work that wasn't you know at the dog shop I was working at <laughs> so um and and sort of getting you know sort of the other side because I was still in class back then too and just sort of being like oh this is what you know, I get to walk on set for a couple hours, something that I've prepared for for a very long time, and it's like, oh, you know, there's like a little bit of validation and solidifying that um, sort of person that I was trying to materialize to a certain extent. Um, and I really liked Felicity's sides. They were some of the best sides I'd read in Vancouver at the time. Like, there hadn't been a lot of, you know, full auditions and sides sent my way, and 
um, yeah, I was just really grateful. It was super fun. And then, yeah, I had no idea because I, I was so green in terms of, I mean, I still am to a certain extent because I've only ever been on this one show for <laughs> a period of time. Um, but yeah, I, nobody knew. I mean, nobody knew. They, the show was so new and um, she was only written for the, that one episode, those two scenes we did at the CBC radio station, yeah. which is also two minutes that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good day. And then what happens? So you do that and then how mm. long after that does it turn into, hey, this is a recurring role? Well, it took the full season to sort of understand the, the gravitas of what she was you know, becoming in that universe. Um, mm. Which but how was, soon after that first episode did they call you I back? I think I was, so that was episode three, and then I think I was in, I might have been in four, but definitely around like seven or eight, they were like, we're going to use you for a couple more, um, like 12 and 13 and stuff like that. Um, but that jargon, like recurring, regular, wasn't even in my vocabulary to a certain extent. It was sort of like acting, what days? <laughs> like, yeah. when do you need me? At what time? Like, I didn't know what she was becoming. How long had you been studying for before you got that role? Oh, I mean, I've been... Because you've been doing theater, musical theater. Yeah, when I was younger, but it was more of a hobby. I mean, both my parents parents were in the medical field, so it was sort of oh. more of um, I had been going to college. I had, you know, done my yoga teacher training. Oh, and, really? Where did yeah, you do that? Um, I did that in Australia. Did you? Why yes. did you choose Australia? Because it was far away. Um, <laughs> so you chose to go to yoga teacher training, training in, in Australia. Australia. Yeah, I did because... What style um, of yoga do you teach? Um, I taught just hatha and yin mostly at oh, the time. Oh, that's better. I, I got young. certified in vinyasa power uh, oh, see, yoga in Manhattan. Love, I would love that. Uh, it's, that's the style that I love to do, oh, really? but I don't think that my practice is advanced enough to teach it. Like, I don't think I'd... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, when I start teaching again, because please. people have said, yeah. uh, please come to my class. Mm. Um, I, I used to teach a class to. called Yonsei Yoga. So it was all yoga to Beyonce music. This is fantastic. Where is this in Vancouver? I used to do it. Uh, I used to do a Dharma movement company that I did at mm -hmm. RYU. But uh, just with this, it's so busy. But yes. I think uh, I'm taking an RYU fitness class on Wednesday. Oh, my are you? Toby works there. And I was like, I didn't know they did fitness classes. He's oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But they're free. They're like great community builders. Ah. So uh, RYU, please send her a lot of swag now. <laughs> well, my, my buddy works there. I'm like, where's my swag? <laughs> but he's like, you never son. come in. What are you doing? I was like, oh, I know. I'll, I'll hook you up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was teaching there. But you went to Australia to do that. Yeah. And you got certified as yoga teacher. And I then did. when did the acting thing? Uh, um, well, I had sort of been training and auditioning before that, and I had sort of I had gone to VFS before that, and it just I wasn't you know I I had no money, so I had to like find out a new job, and then yeah. I came back, lived in Kitsilano for about a year, you know, did some yoga teaching, trying to make a buck, and then still auditioning, still doing class, and then I started working at a dog shop um, when I got my dog. I'm trying to think what else, dog apparel shop and a dog daycare, and then yeah, and then the Arrow audition came in. <laughs> So that was about four years after I moved away yeah. from home and started going to acting school. So once that thing hit and it got big, how did that change your life? Because obviously when something comes like this and you're not expecting it and now you like fandom, people freak out. Like even when Steven put that thing up about the, the couch, the, the post when um, you know everyone else gets a chair and then <laughs> you, Emily, get a couch. And you know the secret behind that couch? The what? dress was so tight that if I sat upright, I'd rip it. Okay. So I needed a couch oh. a day. So it wasn't a special treatment. It was more like purgatory. But the fact that everybody <laughs> came in there, and I think one of the comments was, is like, when you hold it up to show on your own, you get tired. <laughs> when you get tired. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that people I hated are like. that dress. <laughs> I hated that dress. So but what about much. when the fans get so crazy and like have all this, not even love for you, but even theories about not necessarily you, but your character? Is that weird to be having people I'll dissect you, your work? Social media is super, super weird because, and I mean, like, I'm so grateful for the fandom, and everyone's usually very, very nice. And yeah. 
I'm not afraid of opinions. Have your own opinion about you know, TV, movies, art, in any way, you know, whatever you want. But seeing pictures of my body edited to pregnant, that's where the line is drawn for me. I can't do that anymore. Why are people wanting? Uh, I don't know. Felicity wants to. Felicity, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I don't scroll too deep. Yeah. Is that actually going to happen? Because I read somewhere you're like, I don't want that storyline to happen, but. That's I did say that, and I regretted saying that right afterwards because I got some hate. Oh, um, really? I, I said that just because I didn't want her to revolve around, you know, just being in this relationship. Mm. That's why. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do you still live in Vancouver versus, like, move to L.A.? Why, why? I've done a very good job of making, keeping this as my home base. I yeah. mean, I love Vancouver. I'm not, I, I can't pretend to be from somewhere else. I'm <laughs> very much, like, I love being on my bike, you know, to get around places. Mm -hmm. I just... I love the community here. Um, I love being able to hike within like 20 minutes, 10 minutes even, if you want to drive out. Camping's a huge thing of our summer. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that that's probably how my life has changed the most, was just sort of my, my sort of footprint of what I can call home is a little bit larger now because I'm in LA so much, I'm in New York so much. Yeah. Um, Do you have homes in those places? I have a home in LA, yeah, yeah. and I you know, am a very big regular at a certain hotel in New York, so that does feel like uh, a home as well and I and I just I love the I love New York a lot I find it very creative and I find it a place I can be alone in and um, so I do go there quite frequently for sort of creative self-creation and stuff yeah. like that and yeah and then in LA a lot but it's on the it's on the west coast so it's super easy and but I always miss my friends in the place that I'm not there and then I miss my family when I'm not here yeah. and I'm like mm, where do I go when you're in New York <laughs> do you get overwhelmed I feel like I was talking to somebody about this actually over the weekend it's like New Yorkers stay on the same block a lot you know mm. they're, like, they're like oh no I get come to Bron uh, uh, I've never been to the Bronx but come to Brooklyn and you're like mm, that's too far on the train <laughs> even though you'll take the sky tree for 40 minutes but like, yeah, like exactly. in, in Manhattan they're like nope can't do that yeah. um, so I feel people stay in their bubble but um, I don't think I like I lived in New York but I don't think I could stay there for so long because mm -hmm. it's onslaught but when you say you go there for self-creation how do you cultivate your creative practices there like how do um, you protect yourself from overwhelm and right. how do you stoke those fires of creativity well I'm, I'm definitely a creature of habit so i wake up in the morning and i'll do sort of the same things i do here i'll like have coffee i'll work out and then i'll go someplace where i like need to sit down for a couple hours and that could be in brooklyn like i don't mind traveling out because i don't live there so it's a little different you know mm -hmm. when you live somewhere you become like a little bit more insular like some people yes. don't even leave pockets of vancouver and vancouver takes 45 minutes to walk across you know right. downtown so it's like okay but i mean we can all be like that i mean you can get into routine so easily but um i mean i love brooklyn i usually stay like on the outside of soho i have friends there so it's, it's nice to i don't know i i I spend more time alone there, I think, mm. and without, and I think doing that is almost more like re-energizing for me. Yeah. So maybe that's how I sort of protect it, and I go see a lot of shows. Yes. Yeah, that's oh. the best. Musicals or straight plays? Oh, both, depending on what's on, yeah. yeah. I just saw Three Tall Women last time I was there. Oh, it was a master class. Oh, that was a master class in acting. Yeah, it's always cool to go see that and then go, wow, because I'll admit, um, uh, Vancouver's uh, theater community isn't as strong as say like in a colder place in Canada because people can go outside and do all these things because mm -hmm. you go to Edmonton you go to Winnipeg and you're like wow the theater is so good here uh, but you're doing theater here why Damn. was it important for you to come back to that and oh. do that well I mean when I was asked to do it I, I sort of jumped on it and, and like they, they reached out to you how did mm -hmm. that um, so my friend friend now Paul who is part of the Reality Curve production company who does the um, a lot of theater here in Vancouver. But uh, I think we did, they did two shows a year last year, sort of growing in, in that area. Um, had come to one of my acting classes and we had to write a little piece, a little um, 
sort of like one person shows and he saw that and he was like, I think you're perfect for this role. Now this role is like extremely, she's she's a little nuts. I mean, and by little, I mean quite a bit. Um, so I was like, great, thank you for thinking of me. Um, but it's a super fun play and it's, it's short. Um, I think we're running about an hour and 15 minutes right now. Our first show's on Wednesday night at the Annex, which is exciting. Um, but it was important. I, I, I kind of wanted to remind myself how much I loved acting and I wanted to see if that would do this for me and it really has. Mm -hmm. I mean, just diving into a character and doing scene work and script analysis and sort of rounding out. I mean, it's just the three of us in the show and it's, you know, the three of us and Jessica Keenan, who has been our stage manager every day for the last two and a half weeks, just sitting in a room together, you know, obsessing over these 90 pages. And I think that's just like such a wonderful creation and something I miss from, you know, the last period of my life. I haven't been able to obsess with people over uh, <laughs> like over script analysis and text and it's been been really fun. So yeah. We're excited. You only have two and a half weeks to put something together because I think that that like it's when you do community short. theater mm -hmm. like and I didn't even ask you when you did musical theater like did you do like what theater on the stars gateway theater where did you mm -hmm. do community no, theater? No I was doing theater in like White Rock in like South oh, Surrey. Okay. Yeah because I moved the last show I did I think I was like 16 or 17 yeah. and it was um I can't even remember, to be honest, what the production company was called. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like really, it wasn't like big time professional right. theater. But when you do community theater, you get like a three month, four month window mm -hmm. and you yes. get to live with it, right? Because yes. I remember I did like a lot of community theater back in the day and it would take so long. So when um, it got into <laughs> professional theater, I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. You have to learn everything in two weeks? Why? Why so quick? It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, because I remember once I did a show at the Arts Club and um, it was Amadeus and the guy who played Amadeus, no, played Salieri, Salieri's the lead, uh, like like a book I of know. text, no stopping <laughs> in the talking. And I'm like, how did you memorize all of this? But how do you, when you say obsessive it, like how do you like live with that when it's like two weeks, you come into it and it's like you learn all the lines, then you do the show and it's over. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're just about to start the show and I feel like the thing is, is like the longer you get to work with it, the more nuances and things you realize, right? So about like halfway through last week, we're working on certain scenes and we're realizing that there's that there's new questions coming out that would have would not have arisen the week before, right? So you could work with a piece forever, you know, and still not figure it out. And I think, I think that that's so lovely. And like, you can only ever work within the time that you're given. Right. Um, Does it keep changing when like, well, you haven't gone to this run, but when you do theater, mm -hmm. uh, do you uh, do you foresee that you're going to keep changing and working on it? So like, I think the if you're lucky, it week, always keeps changing. I think Is that it, a good thing? Yeah, I think so because I think it's like finding treasure, right? It's like it's sort of like your your gold digging a little bit and being like, oh, I, I just found like I just found new gold there, and I think that that's really cool because you're also working with somebody. You're working with a live human being. Like yeah. your scene partner is alive as well and hopefully listening and. You know, you're depending on where you are, what day. Like your body mechanics and rhythms are all different as well. So you got to work with those. And and if that's different, then your character's going to be a little different. And um, you want to stay with the same intentions and objectives. And but I think you're always finding new things. Where? Uh, how does that compare to doing a television series when you're the acting, the process of doing a play versus mm -hmm. a series you've been on for like what seven years now? Yeah. You know the players. You know the crew. It's not new. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost a formula that you can plug into. Um, obviously those are like the surface differences, yeah. but like when you're acting, you're acting, but how is that different for you? Well, you don't, I think with TV, I mean, especially on the show that I work on, we get our scripts, you know, in, in the season, we get them like seven days, maybe if we're lucky. Like that would be the maximum time we have it before we start shooting. Um, sometimes it's like the day before. So when I'm saying like things keep changing two weeks on the same material, 
you just don't get as much time, right, on your on your character, on your scene work, on your, and a lot of the times you don't know where your character is going, which is fine because your character doesn't know where they're going to a certain extent, but it it's nice to see things like fleshed out, like there's something to be said about like seeing a full round, but then again, you know, acting on the spot and being extinctual and sort of um, living with what you have is a different technique and a different um, creative expression as well. Um, you've probably seen a lot of people come through set, um, you know, villain of the week, uh, supporting character of the week. What do, Villain of the week. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What makes a good uh, TV actor? Like when they're plugging in, there's, obviously I think there's a skill to auditioning, uh, which is like a, a, a skill and a craft unto itself, mm -hmm. but also on set when somebody comes in and you're like, that person is good. Mm -hmm. What makes them good when you're like, hey, I like working with that person? What are they bringing to the table that you can discernibly see? Well, I think always choices, as long as someone knows their material and they're making choices about like where their character is. Yeah. Um, are they, like if, you, if I ask how you are and you say good, are you, really, are you actually good or are you like hiding something from me? Like if somebody comes with those type of choices and, and is a good listener and sort of works off you and you work off them, then you really know that somebody is present. Mm. In a certain extent, you don't want somebody who's rigid and and maybe stuck to certain, um, you know, like if somebody had been working with a piece of tape forever and then they, you know, they talk to another person like they're talking to a piece of tape. It's a little different, right? You want right. to make sure that piece of tape is acting like a human. Right. <laughs> so it can, and I think it can get a little structured, and I think it's hard to sort of. I mean, when I were when I first got into Arrow, I mean, I just knew nothing about the technical aspects of it. Like, I didn't know, you know, what a button on the end of the scene was. I didn't know what, you know, how specific my marks were supposed to be, or you know, those sort of things in continuity. And I'm still not great at continuity, but that's almost a choice which people don't like. Um, what do you but, mean? You like you just flip your hair and know it's on the other side? <laughs> hopefully, like, hopefully, hopefully not. But. Um, <laughs> I talk so much with my hands, so I get in mm. trouble sometimes. Being like, your hand was here when you said that. I'm like, I will not remember that, and because now the scene's changing. Now my like, there's something different. So I'm trying to a certain extent. I like to meet halfway. Right. Um, but but there are things, there are technical aspects of television. It's a machine, right? Um, what is a button on the scene for somebody who's listening and doesn't know what that is? What is the button on the scene? Is so, it like with a pause and you look off and like that could goes, be a button? Nah, 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 yeah, nah, 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 that could be a button. Commercial. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I mean, like if it was like to be continued, and I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> Colton Haynes will do that a lot better than me if he ever sees this. He'll give me a good button. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that sort of thing. You know, when like the music hits in, it's like, Dong. it's like that's what you want to be the button, you know? And yeah. But you don't hear the music, so then what are you thinking when you're acting the button, when you're well, closing the scene? What I'm saying is, is that the buttons on the end of the scenes are yeah. the things that you're seeing at the end of the scene where we. But how do you play that? You just know, well, you know it's the end of the scene, hopefully, yeah. unless they like cut lines that never happen. They're like, maybe they find the button midway and they're like, that's good enough for us. Right. Um, and there doesn't need to be a button on the end of every scene, but you know, things that are soap opery and that sort of thing usually have buttons. Yeah. Um, buttons. Now I'm saying buttons so many times, it doesn't feel like a real word. Buttons. Buttons is a weird word. It's a weird uh, word. Buttons. When it comes to theater acting, how is, the, is there a difference there when, um, when you're noticing? Uh, is it the same rules about being present, making choices? Uh, Obviously, there's not so much that technical. We're mm -hmm. gonna cut, reset, hold on to what you're doing, because now we're gonna take 40 minutes to like you know fix everything. Um, is there a difference there? Yeah. When you see, um, I mean, what I mean, all, good the, all those things are sort of the same, and what's like you be present and listen and and really be there for your scene partner and that sort of thing. But there's another like, there's another aspect to it where you're like really living in the space. Like you probably only have you know most of the time you have like maybe two sets in a in a theater. Play, maybe mm -hmm. three, yeah. uh, you know, depending on how big your production is. We have one in this show, two ish. 
um, let's say one and 1.5. But you, this is like this, it's your space, you know, you have like, and, and things are almost larger than life because you're looking at a life, you're being almost voyeuristic in a sense. Um, you're going to watch like an hour and a half of, you know, these people on stage, hopefully living authentically. And, I, and I'd like to say that's the same for television. I, I don't know what the minute differences are, but things become more specific, I think, in, in television, though your choices should always be specific. It's, you really want to like use your entire space in theater. I don't have to hit a mark all the time, specifically, like two inches out. You really get to be freer and, and live in that sense. It's the actor's medium, theater. The play is called Reborning. Mm -hmm. I looked up what that is. That's anyway, how's weird, that for that's you? Weird. You that's nightmares? weird. Well, nightmares? I was like... I'm having weird dreams. Andrew just had a baby. His baby's adorable. And I was like, okay. What if what? I traded it out with this doll? Would he notice? Yeah. <laughs> Can I take the baby? And then he has this doll. But like, I was like, because I was like Googling the play. But then it came up, that's an actual thing mm -hmm. where you take a newborn doll and make it uh, look realistic to be a surrogate for an actual baby who may have passed or an adult that grew. The one that got me was like, the adult grew up and you're like, I just want memories of the baby. Yeah, yes. That is crazy. It's, it's a thing yeah. that people do. I would, you know, definitely categorize it under unusual. Um, <laughs> a little bit strange. Yeah. Definitely out there. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I did a lot of research on these dolls. I, I always found it very, do they like, make them in Vancouver? I haven't found anyone in Vancouver. They're mostly oh. like mail order. Oh, okay. Right? Did and you order one? I, I did not, but the, 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 the production has company has, yeah. yes. <laughs> Quite the doll. I'm having um, lots of weird dreams since doing this play, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these these very strange. To make the doll too, like I always found like the weirdest part was that you need to put them in some sort of oven or microwave. Well, this, well the paint is becoming to look more like skin. Oh. So before it looks like a baby, you put the baby in the microwave, which I always thought was extremely strange. You can sit with that for a minute. I'll give you some time. You have to like bake the baby? <laughs> like the baby skin? the baby, yeah. Buns what, in the oven, you know? What is that like to, um, like you have like a action figure doll of yourself. Mm -hmm. What is that like to see uh, a likeness of yourself? <laughs> well, the one that I have actually has her arms broken off because my best friend Fanta um, opened it up and the arm, she accidentally broke the arm. So my action figure has like no arms. <laughs> like a Venus de Milo? <laughs> Sure, yeah, a little that bit. And <laughs> you just kept it? You didn't think, oh, somebody sent me a new one? No, I wanted the, you know, the original. She's really close to my art. Yeah. yeah, it was super weird to get an action figure of myself. Yeah. That was strange. It's still strange. She also just doesn't really look like me, and she has an extra set of hands, which I don't have, obviously. Oh, because um, they're like, you know, like, attack version, typing version. Is that well, what it is? Well, it's sort of more like, I asked. I was like, why does Lissi have another set of hands? And they were like, it's her typing fingers. And I was like, so regular hands, typing hands. It was like, they're it's not like that claws. much different. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are you making claws? Like, Give her a computer as an accessory, not an extra pair of hands. Like I'm very confused. Do you ever like walk by stores like Golden Age Collectibles and just like look in the window and be like, "That is not me." That is even, not me. Even though it is me. But I'll see other like I'll see some of my friends and I'll be like, "Oh, there's Chloe Bennett," or like, "Oh, there's Colton." <laughs> like see like, Lindsay Morgan's in there. Be like look at you in a glass case of emotion. It does. That's so nice. Does it ever look like that? No, really. No, it no. never does. Is it weird to uh, have that? Because we were just looking at these dolls. Yeah, show me these guys. Well, these are just like, and you know what's funny thing is, is like these are just Superman. There's Batman here, 
But what I had done, so I've my heard team, of them, yes. my team here, Andrew and Loren, for their one year anniversary of working here, I made dolls of them. Is that what, oh, that's this what makes this so is. much more sense. But is that like, is that weird? So that's I Andrew. I don't think that's weird because it's actually you, Andrew. Does that look like Andrew? Yes, Andrew, it can does. you come stand next to this? You're very nice. Yeah, yeah. So Please. people know what they're, what they're referring to. Do you have to. freckles like this? No, I didn't know come how to here. paint them off. But I do have jean shorts. Okay, everybody ready? See? Yeah, this is like. That's good. Laurent, can we come and compare yours? I think that's good. It's not bad. You had to, you had to put on the, on the... The beard, the doll didn't have the beard. I mean, the beard is somewhat the best part. And then this is Laurent right here. Oh, you're beautiful. You're like, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> oh, do you have these glasses? I do have glasses. Oh, good. Very similar. This is very good. <laughs> They're not bad, are they? Yeah. So Do you feel connected to your doll? I mean, it's a Milan doll. Wait, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I had a Milan-themed birthday party when I was six, so I guess it's... Oh, so it is a connection. Yeah. Okay. Is it, was this actually the Milan doll? Yeah. You made it? Wow. Yeah. Bangs. <laughs> so like, the, the, the bangs are made out of feathers. Same thing oh with his beard. Oh my gosh. Like, very you know. nice. But, so then I figured, since we're here... Oh boy. We, I was wondering what this was. This Ooh, is look, it's for, like, you want to I'm very concerned. Poke around in here. Is it going to bite me? No, 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 no. It's not a dog. It's not the dog shop. It's just a yes. in the spirit of making likenesses of dolls. There's well, more so on this side for you. Whoa. Oh, very nice. Not to proportion, but it is a Barbie. Very yeah. good. And we oh, brought some good. outfits. So I figure we could draw them. I mean, and see, this is another Disney guy. I would kind of like, looks like me. I mean, I want this dog that Barbie seems to have that can scuba dive, which is quite something. My dog can't do this. Is that you? Yeah, I figured like this mm. is this okay. kind of a resemblance. Do you mind what? if I wear this? I'm going to take this. Okay, this, this is now, this is my new award season outfit. <laughs> it's very, uh, oh, that's actually... It's not bad, right? It's cute. It's like a nice little dress. I think it's backwards, though. That's the point. It's really nice. <laughs> You're like Celine Dion at the I, Oscars. Oh, my gosh. Remember I'm that so talk? flattered. <laughs> the Queen of Canada in our mix. Oh, yeah. Actually, speaking of that, what is that like um, when you're on set? Is there a, a discernible oh difference between Canadian uh, actors like you and Steven versus the American ones? Do you notice not, a difference? Not like our friend, like, I notice that I meet Canadians more often when I travel, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, not really. I mean, like, there's there's some differences. Yeah, I mean, Stephen and I are, are very good friends on on top of just working together. Yeah. Um, but since we've all worked together now for so long, there. I mean, there's certain things I wouldn't be able to pinpoint them though. Just as much as it is like just culturally, you know. Just I mean, we're not that far north, but. Are you guys nicer? Sure. Le yeah. Less I mean, demanding on set. Oh fuck yeah. Is Stephen demanding on set? No. No. No, I'm more demanding, but I make him really? make all my demands. So. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy won't fit in this jacket. <sighs> he probably stop going to the gym. <laughs> it's more like his hands. I he was super slender, though, for he, this. He needs the... Almost didn't fit into these jeans this morning, but this kimono, I did well. It's a kimono now. It wasn't so much before. It was... What was it on him? A military jacket? Um, Like a princely regalia? She's cute. Look at them. Close. Best friends. Uh, so I guess we should do a uh, friends for life. Like a promo for the show. Okay, uh, show. sure. So, um, at the annex. Yeah. Tell All us right. about like the the details to your show. 
So the show is about reboarding dolls that look a lot different than me. You should make her do the talking. You should like, Copy you. let her be the doll. So let the doll promote <laughs> the show. So Emily, so Emily, tell me about where and when we can go see your show. Well, if you are in Vancouver, I don't know why she's gonna be a different accent. <laughs> when you are in Vancouver, you should come see our show of Reborning. It is a show about loss and family and identity, and I go crazy. Please find your tickets at Reborning.ca. Did you get your tickets yet? <laughs> at Reborning.ca. Reborning.ca. <laughs> Would you recommend people actually, in all seriousness? Is it a therapeutic thing or is it? Theater? Is it? Or no, dolls? not the dolls. If it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. And I support your decision. What are your insights and takeaways from what Emily had to say in the comparison of film and TV acting as opposed to the theater? I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. Drop us a review or a comment in the comments section. And if you want to learn more about artists making it in the entertainment industry, subscribe to Chaotic Creative.